Well, hello. We on? Hello. You guys sound good. It's 2018. How did that happen? We blinked. We blinked. Another year went by, and some of you, Chad, are getting old. You know what I mean? Hey, let me say hi to all seven locations, Littleton, Lakewood, Evergreen, Arvada, both got behind bars campuses. We love you men and women so much. We're glad you're with us. And hey, at every location on this side of the ocean, can we make some noise for the location on the other side of the ocean, Brussels, Belgium. We love you guys. If you're visiting with us for the first time, no matter what location you're at, we're so glad you're here. We're, we're just a bunch of imperfect, messed up people, but we love to get together every weekend and pursue a perfect God. And so we're so glad that you're here, uh, no matter what's going on in your life, whether you say, I've never been this close to God or I've never been this far from God, whatever's going on in your life, we're glad you're here. At this place, we'll do our very best to make sure you know you are loved and welcomed and valued and accepted. So welcome to Red Rocks Church and uh, happy 2018. How many of you would say, and I, and I know that I can't be at all locations at the same time, so I'm asking for participation at every location. How many of you would say, I made a New Year's resolution, and thus far, I've kept it. I'm on track. There's like six of us, church. I don't know what that says about us. We, there gonna be a, there's going to be a long prayer line today. How many of you would say at every location, I made a New Year's resolution. I've already broken it. Raise your hand. Mm-hmm, sinners. <laughs> I've already missed a workout. I've already been to Dairy Queen, right? Look, Brussels, I know you don't know what Dairy Queen is. You got the Belgian waffle. You're doing fine. But we have this little, little nugget called Dairy Queen. And God himself created it. And it serves something called a blizzard. All right, Google it. You need to try one of these. God himself opened up heaven and dropped down a blizzard, backed up and went, it is good. <laughs> we call it the New Year's resolution killer. All right, that's what it is. How many of you, now I didn't see a bunch of hands, so I'm guessing there's going to be a bunch of hands on this one. How many of you say, look, I'm numb to New Year's resolutions. I have disappointed myself too many times. I don't make them anymore. If that's you, raise your hand. That's almost everybody in here. Jaded, bunch of jaded people. I was at a New Year's Eve party, and um, depending on your age, as you're listening to this or watching it from somewhere, you'll know what I mean. My, my, my New Year's Eve partying has evolved over the years. It has changed. Um, it, it's probably on a different level now than what it once was. It used to be I'm looking for the party and the crowds and the loud noise and the celebrations, right, and dance, music, and who am I going to kiss at midnight? And I know that's where some of you are at right now. And then I got married. Now, we still would get all dressed up. We would go find the party. We wanted the celebration. We wanted the music, the whole thing. I just knew who I was kissing at midnight, so it was easy. Then we had children, also known as the New Year's Eve party killers. <laughs> now we go to a friend's house, play Pictionary, watch the ball drop, New York time, and we're in bed by 10.15. Somebody say amen. <laughs> That's the most excited I've heard you. 
I was at a friend's house. We were playing Pictionary. There's five couples. The kids were partying. And guys, if you haven't dusted off Pictionary lately, you need to bring that back out. That is fun. All right, we were playing guys against the girls. Girls were smoking us. So we took a, uh-uh. We took a timeout. We took a timeout. We said we got to regroup. And we went and ate, right? Because that's what you do at New Year's Eve. We're going to start eating healthy tomorrow. So we went and ate. And we talked some strategy. Well, one of the guys, one of the five men on our team is a new friend of mine named Levi. Levi comes up to me and he goes, hey, he goes, you're from Kansas, right? I went, yeah. He goes, you want to go set some stuff on fire? <laughs> I was like, bro, there's kids here. Let me grab my jacket. And we went outside and we may have, I don't remember it was so long ago, we may have set some stuff on fire and one child's life may have been put in jeopardy for a brief moment. I still think it was worth it. We came back inside, finished our regrouping meeting, time in, we're playing Pictionary. And I don't need to tell you the whole story, the fact that we made an amazing comeback and I was drawing at the very end and we passed the girls and won. You'll see it on the ESPN 30 for 30. It, listen, it was amazing. Kids were crying, high five, and I think I heard one of my kids were like, that's my dad. Like, it was great. So... At the end of the game, though, all five couples, all the kids gathered around this table at our friend Brian and Kristen's. And, and Brian and Kristen, they, they, they pass out these little white pieces of paper. And they said, we want every single one of you to write down your New Year's resolution. And I, and I saw something. I saw all the kids go like this. I saw all the adults do this. Hey, huh, bud? What'd you put on yours, son? Like, to the point where, like, Brian was like, hey, how come none of the parents are writing? All the kids, here's what I hope for. Here's what I dream of. Here's what I want to get better at. My, one of my sons was putting, like, character traits he wants to improve. I'm like, who are you? Like, they're like, here's my dreams. Here's my goals. They're just writing, writing, writing. One of the girls wanted a pony. I mean, it was all kinds of dreams. Not one parent picked up a pen because... As all you jaded people started cheering for, we're numb to New Year's resolutions, most of us. And look, I've just disappointed myself too many times, and so I don't want to identify something I wish I was better at, because it's not going to happen anyway, so I'm not going to say it, I'm not going to write it, I'm just not going to do it, right? And we just avoid the whole thing, most of us. Well, I want to challenge your thinking on that today. At every single campus, there was a card on your chair when you came in. And I'm gonna ask you to pick that card up. You don't have to now, but you can. During this talk and as we enter worship, here's what I want you to consider. I don't want you to write down a New Year's resolution. Although I have a thought for you on that and I'll share that at the very end if I don't forget. That's not what I'm asking you to write down. Because most of the time when I write down a New Year's resolution, it's all about what I can do. And that's why I'm always disappointed in myself when I don't do it. This year, what I want you to write down, us as a church family, what I want you to write down on this card before you leave here today is something that, not, not what I want me to do, something I want God to do, and more specifically, something that I want to be set free from in 2018. Just got serious, didn't it? You're like, whoa, dude. I liked it better when he was talking about setting stuff on fire. <laughs> what do you need to be set free from? in 2018. We're starting a new teaching series today called Live Free. 
And there's this one verse that we're going to focus on, not only in this series, but we're going to come back to it often throughout the year. And it's Galatians 5.1. And it says this, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. This is a promise. This isn't just part of a letter from the Apostle Paul to the church at Galatia. This is a promise from the creator of the universe to every single one of us today. Understand that. This is a promise that God says, when I send my son down to this planet, we got into this a little bit on Christmas. Yes, job one is he's going to die on a cross and pay the price for your sins so that you get heaven forever. If you repent of those sins and allow him to forgive you, if you put your faith in him for that, you get heaven forever. But we, we talked about this at Christmas. But a byproduct of that is, is that we, when we put our faith in Jesus, his spirit lives inside of us. And it's the same spirit that allowed Jesus to one day get up and walk out of the grave. And that spirit inside of us says, you're stronger than you think you are. You can do more than you think you can. You can overcome more than you thought you could, not by your power, but by mine. So yes, you can be free. That's a promise. It's not just part of a letter. It's a promise to every single one of us today. And I'm going to ask you to get real specific and write down on that card one, two, three things that you just, and, and most of you, you already know. You already know. Truthfully, if I did some soul searching, if I was honest, this is what I need to be set free from. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a sin pattern. Maybe it's a habit. Maybe it's a mentality. Maybe it's a fear. This is what I need to be set free from. And I want to get real specific. And then you can drop it in the offering not in place of your offering, with your offering, <laughs> towards the end of the service, no matter what location you're at. And I'll explain why that's important here in a minute. See, I believe something powerful happens when we don't just say, God, help me, God, be with me, God, bless me, but we get real specific and say, here's exactly what I want you to do in my life. I was reading a passage this week, and honestly, I didn't think it had anything to do with this series until I got down to the bottom. So let's read this real quick. Mark 10, 46 through 52. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. You know, there will be a time when you're going to stand up and say, I'm going to believe God for a miracle in my life. And people around you will say, nah, don't even try it. Don't even go there. Don't even put that on yourself. You can't experience that. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Not the nicest guys in the world, it doesn't sound like. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped up to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. 
I read that this week and there was part of me that went, like if I'm Bartimaeus, there's part of me that went, like I'm not gonna say it because he's Jesus, but there's part of me that would be thinking like, that's a dumb question. I'm just being honest. Like I I won't say it because you're God and I'm trying to get you to do a miracle for me, but what do you mean, what do I want you to do? I'm blind. You know I'm blind. I know I'm blind. Everyone in this town knows I'm blind. Why ask that question? See, Jesus just knows something powerful happens in our life when we take it past, God help me, and we get real specific. Jesus says, no, I want you to identify exactly what it is you want me to do and then bring that to me. He says, all right, I want to see. And then Jesus gets involved. There's something powerful that happens for you and me when we identify exactly what it is we want God to do in our lives. I do that with, I, I, I challenge you, I do this, I challenge you to do this when in, in your prayers of repentance. You wanna, you wanna talk about some powerful prayers of repentance. Don't just, God, how about not just, God, forgive me for what I've done. That's, that's Bush League, that's, that's entry level. Start getting serious, start getting specific. No, God, forgive me for this. Start putting a name to it, start calling it what it is. I want to ask you to get real specific today and identify some things that you want God to set you free from in 2018. And the reason I'm asking you to hand them in, you don't have to, but the reason I'm asking you to hand them in with the offering is because you'll already know what you wrote down. You won't need to be reminded. You'll know exactly what you wrote down. But if you put them in with your offering today, as a staff at every single location all throughout this series, we're going to pray for you. We're going to call it by name. We're going to pray for exactly what you want freedom in. And we're going to start to believe together as a church family that God meant exactly what he said. When he he said, I sent my son to this world so that you could live in freedom, we're going to take him up on that. And we're going to stand together as a church family and start to believe for some things that we haven't even had the courage to ask for, maybe some of us in years. We've just been bound to something for so long. We're just so sure that we can't get rid of it. We're so sure we can't walk away from it that we haven't even wanted to talk about it, more or less pray about it or have someone else pray for us about it. But that's what we're gonna do as we start this year. We're going to, as a church family, identify some things, prayer. We're gonna take it in together. I'll pray for you. You pray for me. We'll pray for each other. Campus staffs will be praying for all of us at each location. We're gonna identify it. We're gonna take it to God. That's what we see him do. That's what we're going to do. And we're going to start to believe that, yes, you can. Yes, you can walk away from depression and anxiety. Yes, you can be set free from fear of man, from fear of your situation, from fear of of where you're headed, from fear of what God's calling you to. Yes, you can be set free from anger. Yes, you can be set free from lust. Yes, you can be set free from that addiction. Let's start to believe together that God meant what he said. And when we live in Christ, we can experience freedom. Does that sound all right with you, church? That's where we're headed in 2018. As we begin to identify some real specific things, and we've all got them, where we need to be set free, and as we begin to take those things to God, there's three things I want you to remember as we're allowing him to start working in our lives. The first one is this, stand on his promise. Let's reread Galatians 5.1. The first part of it anyways. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. That's the promise. What's the very first thing we're instructed to do? Stand. Stand firm then. The promise is that we can experience freedom. And then we're told 
to stand on it. Now that sounds good in church. It sounds good to say. It sounds good to even tell other believers, stand on the word. Okay, cool. Wednesday rolls around. I don't know what that means. For me, when I'm going to stand on a promise and start believing for God to do something that I know I can't do on my own, it sounds like this, and you hear me say it a lot in church when I'm encouraging you to get fired up about God's word and put his word in front of your circumstances and, and cover over Satan's lies with his word. You'll hear me tell you a lot to say to yourself, yes, I can. That, that's for me what it looks like. If I'm in prayer and I'm standing on God's promise, there's some things that I need to be set free from that I'm gonna write on my card today. And when I start praying about them this week, my prayer will go something like this. God, I've been dealing with this for a long time. I don't know how to get free from it. If I did, I'd already been, be free from it. But I know that Satan wants to get in my head and I know that he'll lie to me and I know that he'll lie to you. And I know that he's gonna tell me, you're not good enough, you can't do it, it's been with you for years, get serious, stay quiet, don't write, don't pray, don't believe. And I'm just gonna start saying, yes, I can. Not because of my power, because of his power. Yes, I can, and I'm gonna stand on that verse. I will not listen to the lies of the enemy anymore. I can experience freedom. Not, I haven't figured out how yet, but I'm gonna start relying on him, and we're gonna get into that. So yes, I can, and I'm just gonna stand on that promise. And I wanna encourage you to do the same thing because you guys know this, this isn't a game. And what we're talking about today affects every single one of us. Like we have real things in our life that if we could just figure out a way to actually step away from them and be free from a few things, how our lives would change, right? God's real, Satan's real, heaven's real, hell's real. This isn't a joke. John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, that's Satan. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Satan wants you bound, Jesus wants you free. It's that simple. Satan wants to steal, kill, and destroy every single good thing that God wants to do in your life. And so if he can't stop you from starting to pray and believe for freedom, he'll get in your mind and start telling you you can't do it. Because look how many times you've already failed. That's what he'll do. And so we need to know how to stand on the truth. When Satan tells us lies about our life, we put the truth over that and we stand on the truth about our life instead of the lies. We stand on his word. As we begin to identify some things that you and I go, you know what, this is real and, and I have been struggling this, with this for a while and maybe I've struggled with it for so long that I haven't even wanted to take a risk and pray about it again. We're gonna identify it, we're gonna bring it to God, we're gonna stand on his promise, and then this, this part's huge, and I just alluded to it, and we're gonna rely on his power. It would do some of you so much good when it comes to what you wanna be set free from to actually just sort of in your spirit just wave the white flag. Just sort of acknowledge the fact that, look, if I could set myself free, I already would have. I can't do this by my power. I got to rely on his power. If Galatians 5.1 is sort of our, our verse of the year, definitely, definitely for this series, but we're going to come back to it throughout the year, and it promises us that we can experience a freedom in Christ, then Ephesians 3.20 is how it's going to happen. Ephesians 3.20 is what will prop up Galatians 5.1 for us this year. And here it is. Now to him who is able 
to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to whose power? His power that's at work within us. There's gotta be a point, if it's that serious, if it's that big of a deal that you haven't been able to set yourself free and you gotta write it on a card today, then we've gotta start going, I can't free myself. I gotta stop making this about me and what I can figure out how to do and make this about him and his power and let him figure it out. At some point, we gotta wave the white flag and go, my power isn't getting it done, I'll rely on his. There's just, there's a point where I gotta go, look, this is a weight that I have no business lifting, right? I've had, a, I've had a pain in my neck, and, and I'm not talking about Chad now. I've had a pain in my neck for about three years. In fact, I've even gotten a couple injections trying to deal with it. And, and I know exactly where it came from. I know the instant that it happened. I was in a weight room three years ago. It wasn't even like a real weight room. I was in a rec center. I was in a rec center in Littleton, Colorado. All right, which means when I go in the rec center, there's me and there's two amazing ladies in their 70s on, on exercise bikes. And there's me over here with a couple of dumbbells and that's it. Like that's what it looks like. And I actually loved it because that was the environment. And so I'm in there one day and these two guys walk in and I'm guessing they're in their young 20s. I mean, they, they are walking steroids in motion. All right, and, and, and they, they do something, now if, if you don't work out, this may not, be, may, may not mean anything to you, but if you ever spend time in a gym, like you just know, like who would do that? They came in with their own portable speaker. <laughs> Bro, go to the gas station and spend 99 cents on a pair of headphones. I don't wanna listen to your music. They came in with a portable speaker and they set it on the bench. Now me and the two ladies have to listen to their music while we work out. And I'm like, already, I don't, I don't like them. I just don't like you. <laughs> I love you because I'm a pastor. I'm bound by law, but I don't, I don't like you. Like who does that? And, and then they start having this like ridiculously vulgar conversation at like max volume. And they would have it as they were walking around the rec center, like me and the ladies would sometimes be in between them and they'd still be having the same conversation across the whole gym. And I'm like, I gotta listen to your thoughts and I gotta listen to your music. And they did. You can't make this stuff up. They both took their shirts off. <laughs> Who does this? And they weren't like bodybuilders. They weren't like, look at my 19th ab. Like they weren't. But they, were, they, they would lift and then they would come over to the mirror and be like. <laughs> and, they're do, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, is this happening right now? In my mind, in my mind. I had straight up Mark Montoya, Factory X, MMA, taking him down, beat him to the ground, grapple game was strong, then choked him out for good measure. Like that's what happened in my mind. Factory X, love you. So what really happened though, was they were on the incline bench, right? And they're doing incline. And they knew that I was waiting on the incline. And so they got done with the incline and, and if you've spent any time in a weight room, you know what it's like. You kind of have this vibe, and they, they, they did this. They go, you, uh, you want the incline? So I'm like, yeah, I'm ready to do a couple sets. <laughs> and they did this, and they knew exactly what they were doing. They went, you want us to take some weight off for you? <laughs> yes, the truth is yes. I need you to take a whole bunch of that weight off. But am I going to say that at this point? No. 
No, nah, leave it. I start with that weight. That's a warm-up. I got on the incline and mustered up every ounce of strength in my body. One, two, three. <laughs> Something happened in my neck. I racked it. Hey, guys, have a good day. <laughs> Grabbed my keys and left. And haven't, my neck hasn't been the same since. I had no business lifting that kind of weight. When it comes to what some of you need to write down today and say, God, I need to be set free from this, truth be told, you have no business lifting that kind of weight. You can't do it. If you could, you already would have. You wouldn't be bound to it today. Some of us need to come to this. Why are we so afraid to like admit that we're powerless sometimes? Why are we so afraid to admit like I can't take care of this on my own? You know, there's actually a freedom in saying I'm too weak for this one. I need you, God. There's freedom in that. Check this out. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecution, persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I'm strong. My power shows up best in weak people. That's how the Living Bible puts verse 9. God's power shows up best when we're just willing to wave the white flag and say, I got no business trying to lift this one. If I could, I already would have. I can't rely on my power for this one. I got to rely on yours. We're going to identify some things. We're going to take it to God. And we're going to stand on his promise. I know my past may not say that I can receive freedom from this. I know my past actions may not look like I can receive freedom from this, but I'm going to stand on God's word, so yes, I can. And I'm going to rely on God's power, so yes, I can. And let me tell you how the, how the best way to start this process is to the third thing I want to say is this, is I'm going to seek his presence. So listen, I'm telling you, church, that's where we'll find access to his power when we seek his presence. I was talking with Chad about that this week and he was telling me, you know, we're just having a normal conversation. He was telling me how, you know, I'm somewhat of a mentor to him and how much he looks up to me and <laughs> stuff like that. And I was like, you know, I, I'm honored. And, and then we started talking about the sermon. Maybe. We started talking about the sermon. And I said, I said, Chad, I want to encourage people at the beginning of 2018 to get real serious about seeking God's presence again, because I feel like that's for me, that's always where I experience his power best. That's when I start to notice life changes, when I'm getting real serious about seeking his presence. And he goes, man, there's two verses that I always remember. He goes, because that, that, that's exactly where I'm at with this stuff. And he goes, there's two verses that I always kind of look at next to each other. And it helps me to remember the truth of that. And here's what he texted me. Psalm 1611, in your presence, there's fullness of joy. That's what Psalm 1611 says. When I choose to seek God's presence, especially in the middle of chaos, in the middle of tragedy, in the middle of stuff I don't understand, in the middle of trying to be set free from something that I don't know how it's going to happen, I don't know how it's going to work out, I receive this sort of authentic joy that comes from God that supersedes all my situations. And it only comes from him. And it happens when I'm in his presence. Nehemiah 8.10 says this. For the joy of the Lord is your what? Your strength. 
Chad said, I love to always put those two verses together. And I thought, what a brilliant thought. And it pains me to say, but I'm going to share this with the church. For real though, think about that. God's promised us this. When you seek my presence, you experience my joy. And it's that joy that comes from me, not from a situation that actually gives you strength. It's when you seek my presence, you get supernatural strength attached to the joy that I give you. And it's supernatural strength from God that allows us to stand firm on his promise to begin with. We need to stand on the promise. We need to rely on his power, but we need to start seeking his presence. When I first got saved, I was 24 and I'd never needed freedom from more things at once at the, at the, at the same time ever in my life. I had been a drug abuser and an, an alcoholic. Uh, I mean, I was depressed, suicidal. Like I needed freedom from so many things at the same time. And I went to Chad and I's first spiritual mentor. And I said, I don't know what to do. And I don't know where to start. And I need freedom from this and this and this and this and this. And you know what she said? She said, well, then why don't you go pray? And here's a Bible. And I was like, no, you don't understand. I need freedom from some things. And I need to know how to fight. Help me know how to fight. What do I do? I'm, I'm ready to fight. I'm serious about this. I want what Christ has promised me. She said, I know, go pray, here's a Bible. And every morning, that was my thing. For an hour every morning, I would just go pray. She didn't give me an instruction manual. She didn't, give me, she didn't tutor me in it, I didn't take a class. I had no theology training. I just sat down and said, I'll just, I'll just, just fumble through talking to you today and I'll just fumble through reading part of your word today and will you just speak to me? And, and, and no kidding, about a year went by and I went back out to Hollywood, California where I had moved from and I met my old roommate who ended up being the best man in my wedding still, one of my lifelong friends. He was a college roommate for a while and, and he saw me and he hadn't seen me in a year and he said, I'll never forget it. He's like, Sean, you don't even look the same. He's like, man, you look like you're doing so good. I barely recognize you. Nothing had changed, except for I just got serious for the first time in my life about seeking the presence of God, and I was starting to experience supernatural power in my life, setting me free from things in a way that I could never set myself free from. And that's, I think, what God wants for every single one of us. I told you I'd give you a New Year's resolution type thought. Call it a goal if it keeps you from feeling guilty about messing up from time to time on it. Mine is real simple. I just want to spend more time with God. And I'm not saying that because I work at a church or I'm a pastor. Um, listen, I don't want to spend more time with God out of guilt. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to say I'm going to get up every morning at 6 a.m. and do it because I'm going to miss two days in the first week and feel guilty and quit. I'm just saying I'm going to spend more time with God this year. And again, it's not going to be out of guilt. I won't do it. I'm not going to do it because I think God will love me more. I'm not going to do it because I work at a church and it sounds like a religious activity that I ought to be a part of. I'm not. I'm going to do it because I'm broken like a bunch of you and I need to be set free from some areas in my life. And I know that for me to experience freedom, I need God's power in my life to do it. So that's why I'm going to seek his presence this year. And I want to encourage some of you to do the same. And I'll just be honest with you. I'm going to write down a few things on my card today. One of them is fear of man just a big one for me. When we started this church 13 years ago this week, by the way, is that crazy? I would have told you, man, I have thick skin. 
I don't care what anybody thinks. And 13 years later, I would tell you, I don't think that's the case. Probably a good thing. But I can't tell you how many days, entire days in a row I've lost of joy at different times in my life because I think so much about what people think instead of what God thinks. I've lost days at a time of joy in my life because I think so much about somebody, what somebody else says about me instead of what God says about me. I've lost days and days of joy because I prioritize people's opinions of my ministry and my life and what I do and who I am over what God's opinion of my ministry and my life and who I am and what I do. And I just, I just, I know it's wrong. Like I need to be set free from this. And I've dealt with this for years. So that's one of the things I'll be writing down today. Well, I can promise you, if I could set myself free from that, I already would have. So I'm gonna do this week, starting this week, what I'm encouraging you to do. I'm gonna write it down. And I'm gonna ask the staff to pray for me like they're gonna pray for some of yours. And I'm gonna stand on his promise. Because Satan's gonna get in my head and tell, you, tell me like, yeah, right, can't happen. Look how long you've been dealing with that. I'm gonna stand on God's word. I'm gonna stand on the promise that because of what Jesus has already done, yes, I can experience freedom. And I'm gonna rely on his power, not mine. I've already waved the white flag. And I'm gonna seek his presence. And I don't know exactly how God's gonna do what he's gonna do in each one of our lives, but I know the promise is that as Christ followers with his spirit living inside of us, being active inside of us, we can walk away from some things. Some things that you may feel like you've been chained to for life. We can walk away from some things and experience freedom. And that's where we're headed in 2018. You with me? All right, let's pray. God, I thank you so much for what you're already starting to do in some of our hearts and our minds and our lives as we uh, watch this or listen to this, listen to your word right now. I thank you ahead of time for the testimonies that are gonna come within this church family over the course of the next year. I thank you ahead of time that as a church staff, we won't be able to keep up with taking note of these testimonies, writing them down, filming them, sharing them. Because there's gonna be so many story after story after story of let me tell you how God set me free. And so God, for some of us, this is an incredible leap of faith. Just a right a word down on this card because we've tried before because we've wanted freedom before and so I pray right now that you would speak to every single one of us that you would give us the courage to write down what we need to be set free from and to start expecting to see it happen I thank you ahead of time for what you're doing in our lives in this church family God we thank you for what you did for us through your son Jesus we love you it's our honor to worship you in Jesus' name, amen. At every location, when you stand up, we're gonna worship, then we're gonna take the offering here in a little bit, and you have from now till then to write on that card, throw it in, and we're gonna start believing together for some miracles. Let's worship. <laughs>